0: I'm Will Blackman and this is Upsets and Underdogs, presented by Winbet. This is the show where we dive into the world of sports betting and discuss the best lines, the top props, and of course, the most intriguing underdogs. Plus, every other Friday, we're diving into some audio-only storytelling episodes telling the tales of some of the greatest sports upsets of all time. This week, it's Broadway Joe and the 1968 Jets. Trust me, you do not want to miss it. All right, today we have a fantastic guest. We have my guy, my dog, Joe Fan. I'm going to bring him on in a second. We're going to break down the most fascinating underdogs of week two of the NFL season. And after that, I'll make my underdog pick of the week. So make sure you stick around till the end. But first, I have a message for you. The NFL season is here. Kick it off right with Winbet. On the Winbet mobile app, you get access to unique markets like NFL yardage leaders and exact season wins. Who will be the last team to win a game? What about the last team to be undefeated? I know I've got my guesses. You can find all those odds on Winbet. On top of all that, it's the best place for NFL parlays, too. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to set the odds in your favor. Download now and start winning with Winbet. Offer for subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. That's 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, this week was absolutely crazy, okay, especially in the world of betting. Um, I'm going to bring in my guy. Because I need to talk to him. I have questions for him. The gambling Greek, the man of the year, Nick Deus. You are the man of the year already. What's the word, man? Well, the word is it's only
1: downhill from now, right? (laughs) Like if if I'm already the man of the year with a couple months left, well, you're too much pressure on me,
0: man. Hey, quick question, okay? Because I want to get right to the show. Last week was bonkers for the underdogs, 12 and 4. I want to know why. Week one was so successful for underdogs.
1: Dude, not only successful, Will, but historical week one, right? 12 and four against the spread with the underdogs. Collective record of just straight up wins. The best collective record in the NFL for underdogs in 38 years. And one of the That's reasons. ridiculous. One of the reasons why, Will, it's all keyed back to what we were discussing on the earlier show this week. It's the overreactions. It's the uncertainty. We're right. starving for football for nine months. All we're doing is breaking down the draft and then we're drafting in fantasy. We're doing all this stuff and we're basing all our football knowledge and predictions of things we saw in December and January. And a lot happens in nine months. So the, the books haven't adjusted accordingly. The public is taking advantage of gut plays and just strong takes and that's why you have a historical week for the underdogs in week one.
0: Yeah, and I think that makes sense simply because for the favorites, they don't they don't know what's going to happen. They're just going to go off most the most recent film. They don't have any film from the 2021 season. So I can see it's the same thing for the betters, right? We're going off of all the analysis, so it's more favorable for them, you know, to win with the underdogs.
1: Yeah, it's just a lot of mispriced lines a lot of home teams catching points and early on in the season before we know you got to take advantage of it as a better
0: okay let's bring in our first guest ever on the show he's the co-host of the bet to win podcast
2: alongside claudia Bellafato. joe fan what's good what's the deal happy to have you here hey well i appreciate you having me man it's good to see you how's everything going across the pond for you
0: listen i'm over here holding it down uh it was good to see you in vegas it was funny because when i was in the hallway with my wife I saw a dude with his mask on by the front door of the studio, and I was like, maybe that's him. I didn't realize you were that tall. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's what was, what
2: are you, like 6'3", right? 6'3", yeah. I'll give you 6'3". Prime small forward in a men's league height, you know what I'm saying? There you go. So tell us a little about bet to win Tell us about that. Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, I just moved to Vegas from Seattle to get this podcast started with Claudia. Uh, She's a fantastic talent. It's been really good to get to know her. And we're just trying to entertain with a slant of betting. You know, I don't think the cool thing about it, we're not going into it, trying to pretend that we're sharps and um, into it to to make you a ton of money. Now we're going to give our picks and our opinions and all that. But our main goal is to entertain and talk ball. And um, the studio at at Blue Wire at uh, Wynn Las Vegas is just incredible. It's fun to be working out of there um and we're just getting started so it's been a lot of fun so yeah check it out right after you listen to this podcast upsets and underdogs check out bet to win and give us a shot
0: yeah and this has been a huge move for me you went from seattle you moved all the way to vegas for this so this is this is a huge career shift for you man i'm excited i appreciate that
2: you all settled in yet am i settled in am i in my apartment yes do i have anything (laughs) in my house (laughs) No, I'm sleeping on a twin-size air mattress, which I don't fit on at 6'3". Uh, I'm sitting on the floor currently in my apartment because all my furniture is on back order. It all came together in, like, I swear, two weeks. So it, it's been a whirlwind. I don't ever advise the 17-hour drive from Seattle to Vegas. It, it's not enjoyable, but uh, it's a fun adventure, man, and I'm, I'm here for it and excited for what's next. All right, now let's talk football. It's
0: time for our next segment called Top Dogs. This is the part of the show where we we'll highlight some of the most intriguing underdogs that we think will have the best opportunities to be successful this week. We have a really cool slate. We're going to start with game one, Nick San Fran minus three and a half at Philly. Uh, talk to us about this the ticket and the money count. What's good? So we got
1: 71% of the tickets coming in on the San Francisco 49ers and 69% of the money coming in on San Fran as well.
0: Okay, this is now this is an interesting game because, I mean, what we saw last week with the Niners just straight obliterating Detroit and Detroit made that late comeback at the end. Uh makes this game interesting. But also I say that because Philly beat the heck out of Atlanta. So I am super torn about this game. I like Philly in this situation. Um what what was interesting though, what they did with Jalen Hurts is he was throwing like short pass. I think he had like four I think each pass was like four yards per pass and they were going for a lot of yards. So I love what Nick Sirianni did in terms of really utilizing his skill set in this situation. And the same thing for the Niners. I mean, it's the system. I feel like it's plug and play. It's, it's the system. Jimmy Garoppolo obviously was doing his thing and then once he got down into the 20, you know, brought in Trey Lance. So this is this is really an interesting game. I'm super concerned with the Niners secondary, you know, losing Verrett, um And then they got a bunch of new guys in there. So I don't know.
2: Joe, how you feeling about this game? Yeah, this is an interesting one because it's a fantastic matchup in the trenches. The Eagles offensive line is arguably the best in football. And the Niners defensive line with D4 back healthy, Nick Bosa back healthy, Eric Armstead. I mean, they're loaded as well on their defensive front. And so that's the matchup of the game for me. It's just hard to you have to decide whether or not, Philadelphia overachieved in week one against a really bad Atlanta Falcons team. Like, is Philly really good, or is it, but there's their potential that Atlanta's one of the worst teams in football? I, I tend to believe the latter, although I think Philadelphia is going to be really competitive this year. My gut says stay away from this game because I just, like you said, I don't know. I want to see what San Francisco looks like against an opponent that is Detroit because I think Detroit's one of the worst teams in football. Um, to me, the Eagles are a great tease opportunity here because you can get extra points. And I think they were able they'd be able to cover that or Niners money line in a parlay. But this is going to be a fascinating game because Philadelphia is not an easy place to play. The Niners have stayed on the road all week long. They're staying in Youngstown this week after their game in Detroit and going straight to Philadelphia. So they haven't been back home in their own beds in a bit. This is a true road trip for them. Um, so I think one of the top matchups in the week, I agree. Um, I love what Jalen Hurts showed in week one. Miles Sanders is healthy and, and effective. Yep. Devonta Smith, man, looks as advertised. He was tremendous in his first game. Getting Jalen Rager involved. I mean, everybody played a part. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz were involved. So I really liked what I saw from Philadelphia. I just don't want to overreact too much about them beating down <laughs> what I think is a really terrible Atlanta Falcons team.
0: Yeah, it was funny because week one, it was it was the underdog week. I believe all the all the road teams were like, I think it was 12 and four total. And I think that's how it was for that week. I feel like, and you can back me up on this, Nick. I feel like week two is, is favored towards the home teams. Yeah, so last
1: week, 12 and four against the spread was the underdog in those situations. And I love what Joe said about how we might be looking back at that Eagles win over the Falcons in about three, four weeks and saying... Dang, we really overreacted to that one because Atlanta's 0 and 4 and struggling. So that's one of the reasons why week two is so profitable for, for a lot of the sports books because everyone comes in with these expectations. They get let down. And then before you know it, we're all in on a team like Philly who beat an Atlanta team.
0: Yeah. So you know what? With all that being said, I am beyond concerned with the Niners' secondary. I think they're going to come out with a lot of confidence back home in Philly. I played at Philly as a giant and it is nasty. It is crazy. I think the old stadium used to have a prison underneath because it was that crazy. So I'm going to take the Eagles here. I'm going to take them Um, in this. I got them, you know, plus three and a half. So that's my pick, man. What about you, Nick? Who's your pick? I'm with the Eagles as well. And uh, it's it's. You said all that, and you're going to pick the Eagles.
1: And you know me, Will. I'm a big you're Giants so fan, that, and, I, and, and I'm siding with the Dirty Birds here.
0: Well, that, you know what, though? You talk, If anything, you taught me last show. You said, get out your feelings. You said, take the emotion out of it. If you're attached to your team, it doesn't even matter. What we're, you look at the line. Forget about that. Joe, who you got this week?
2: Yeah, I'll take the Niners. I think if I if I had my my choice, I'd buy a half point and get it to three and at least push with the field goal win. Is that how you used to work for um, them? Is that
0: why? Because you work for the Niners? Yeah, I'm a big believer in
2: Kyle Shanahan, and I just to me, uh, I will go with with the guy I know better. And, and to me, that's Kyle Shanahan, Nick Sirianni, very impressive in his first game. I like the aggressiveness. You get the two point conversion earlier in that game, uh, taking advantage of a penalty uh, that the Falcons uh, committed on the uh, the PAT try. I I, just—they have so many weapons, and they didn't even have to use Brandon Ayuk in Week One. He's in the doghouse right now, and they're still putting up forty burgers in Week One. So, to me, Elijah Mitchell is, is seems fantastic. Um, even I was a without, big fan uh, of him. I was drafted him. Uh, Trey Sermon's going to be active this week. I'm curious what he looks like. We have George Kittle. Uh, Debo Samuel was was an absolute stud. I like what they're doing with the two quarterback system. Um, so I'll have my faith in Kyle Shanahan and that Niners defensive front uh, to win this game. But I do think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a close one. And if I had to have money on, I would just stay away. But put my, you know, make me make me make a pick. I'll take the Niners.
0: Yeah, and if I was going to do any prop bets, I would say that uh, Trent Sherfield has 100 yards. All right.
2: <laughs> uh, You're getting, you getting good I, money on that. You're getting good odds dude, on that.
0: Uh, yeah, I think Trent's outstanding. All right, game two. The Rams versus the Colts. The Rams are minus four at Indy. Nick, what's good with the ticket and money count? We got
1: the tickets and the money on the same side with the Rams. 54% of the money coming in on the Rams. 71% of the bets coming in on the Rams as well.
0: <laughs> okay, now I know I said I'm, I'm a big Fan of the home teams this week. However, this is another game that's interesting and tough. Um, man, they're playing I mean the NFC West overall is is I think top to bottom is the best division. Uh just where they were at the in the first half of all the games, you just looked across the board, you're like, damn, like Arizona's not messing around, Seattle's not messing around, 49ers and in the Rams. So uh, this is going to be interesting. The Colts, I, I feel like they're still uncertain. Um, I thought prior to anyone getting injured, I was all in the Colts. I actually had the Colts winning the AFC South. What they, which they still can, you know. Uh, so that's that's going to be uh, interesting. I think the the Rams defense did play well. They made an interesting move. If you notice, Jalen Ramsey is playing nickel. He's not, uh, he's not on the outside playing corner where he usually is. He's now in the box playing nickel. And that's interesting because it's almost like Raheem, uh, the defensive coordinator, Raheem looked at probably his Florida State film and noticed that when Jalen was utilized at his best, he was playing safety. He was playing nickel. He was playing dime. Um, so to have him in the box involved a lot more, I think that's a huge step for them because now okay we're dealing with Aaron Donald in the beginning and then we got some pretty decent linebackers and we're also dealing with Jalen Ramsey before we even get to the secondary so I think that's interesting but on the Colts side I'm still a believer in Jonathan Taylor Uh, I think eventually he's going to be the best back in the NFL Um, I know a lot of people in that building do so I don't know Joe talk to
2: me about this game here what's your feelings like Yeah, your your point on Jalen Ramsey is interesting. I'm curious if that was matchup based because Allen Robinson runs out of the slot quite a bit. Um, You know, and Allen Robinson didn't do a whole lot. Six catches on 11 targets for 35 yards. Uh, The Rams will take that all day. The Colts only prayer of winning this game, my opinion. I'm going all in on the Rams. Absolutely. I I think especially after what we saw the Seattle due to the Colts in week one. I'm not sold on Carson Wentz and Frank Reich, uh, or Frank Reich getting Carson Wentz back to, to where um, he was in that sort of MVP push he had before the leg injury. Carson Wentz still but looks lost. But he that's why tier he got That's why he went there. Yeah, I'm I, mean, I get that. I get the logic behind it, but I didn't see it in week one. To me, if you're a quarterback against the Seahawks defense that has uh, next to no corners, and you're throwing more passes to your running backs and wide receivers in the game, you're trailing for most of it. I don't have any faith in Carson Wentz. It took sacks. Didn't have to. Um, their their hope is Jonathan Taylor running wild on the Rams and controlling the clock and winning in the fourth quarter in the last couple of minutes in a low scoring game. David Montgomery had 16 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. He was the lone right. bright spot for Chicago. To me, the Rams are an absolute juggernaut. You look what they had on on offense. I mean, basically, you look at uh, Robert Woods. Didn't have to play. I mean, three catches on four targets for 27 <laughs> right. yards and a touchdown. They scored 34 points. Matthew Stafford was tremendous, damn near flawless. Um, so, to me, when you look at how uh, much the Colts got gashed by the Seahawks, I see no reason why the Rams won't do the same. I like the Rams to win, but I I do like the Colts to cover.
0: Wow. Okay. I love it. In, in this, yeah, in this situation, I, I think I think the, they need to utilize their three headed monster. What those three running backs with Mark, uh, Matt Hines, and Taylor? I think they're going to play a huge role. Uh, we should see more of Pittman, so I like for them to cover. But I still got the Rams winning. Uh, Nick, who you got?
1: Man, I'm kind of with Joe on this one with the Rams. Uh, I'm I get the buy low situation with Carson Wentz coming over. Right, you didn't really need to give up that much to bring him in. But it's it feels a little trappy though, Joe. Like uh, cuz
2: I'm with you in the sense <laughs> where It does. That's what I'm saying. Like what am I missing? Why is why is not why isn't more money on the Rams right now? It, That's crazy to it me. It
1: just doesn't make any sense, but I guess there's still some no. belief in Carson Wentz and now back-to-back home games for the Colts. So we'll we'll wait and see, but I'm on the Rams here as well.
2: Joe I'm taking the Rams, yeah, no question. I don't know why I even bothered
0: asking that question. All right. Game three. This might be the hardest game on the slate for me personally. It's Cowboys versus the Chargers. Chargers are minus three favorite in this game. So Nick, get right into the ticket and money count.
1: So anytime the Dallas Cowboys play America's team really popular, you're always gonna have a lot of bets on them. So you got 58% of the tickets on the Cowboys. 80% 80% of the money coming in on the Chargers.
0: That's telling. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, it is telling. No, it is. No, the, so here's the thing. The reason why this game is hard, um, so this game, it's at SoFi. And, you know, the Cowboys, they do, they practice, you know, in California, but also, they're also one of the best well-traveled teams. You, know, you have the Packers, you have the Steelers, like they're all well-traveled. I'll throw Niners in there, too. You know, I'll say they're well-traveled, too. And I think Dallas is, they're a really good team. Like, when I watched the film, when they played the Bucs, Dallas honestly should have won that game. Uh, there, was, there was a few key mistakes that they made, like some miscommunication, actually miscommunication on both Gronk touchdowns. Like, that was easily fixable. Like, there's one play where Jaron Ron Curse, the safety, he pointed to Gronkowski. Like, I have him on this play. The ball snapped Gronkowski blocks down Brady rolls out instead of staying where Gronk. He rushes Brady and then Brady finds Gronkowski. So it was little plays like that that were messing them up. However, on the flip side for the Chargers to go all the way to to Virginia to to Washington. I say Virginia because I was I lived in Virginia when I played for Washington, (laughs) but they go all the way uh, to play Washington. Against the defense everyone had pretty much rated number one go into the season. And then for Justin Herbert to go in and do what he did. I can see I can see it going either way. So that's why this game is tough for me, Joe.
2: Yeah, I think this is a tough game to predict as well. I mean, the Cowboys offense is one of the best in football. We saw that against the Bucs in week one. I mean, that there's there's not a better trio of wide receivers than Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. Now. Uh, uh, Michael Gallup's not playing in this game. You expect Zeke to be more involved. Um, but Dak looks healthy, was playing at an elite level, which is great to right. see one of the best storylines of week one. But my goodness, the Chargers, they protected Justin Herbert against the best defensive line or one of the best defensive lines in football. Rashawn no, Slater they, they looked got like an absolute the best, stud. I mean, he was tremendous in his first career start. Justin Herbert is the real deal. Him and Keenan Allen, one of the most potent quarterback-wide receiver combos in football. Oh, by the way, then you have Mike Williams on the other side who had a big game. They defend. Joey Bosa, one of the best edge rushers in football, had a dominant week one. They've got pieces in the secondary. I love this Chargers team. It's like... It's hard to buy into the Chargers because we have decades of history saying no matter decades. how talented this team is, they are going to right. find a way to choke. They'll make the playoffs this year. They'll sign Nate Kading and Nate Kading will miss a, a game winning kick in the playoffs. It's just like it's am wired to think the Chargers going Charger. But maybe this is them finally turning a new leaf with Brandon Staley as head coach. And I love that hire. It was a very impressive win week one. Um, I do think they're one of the best teams in football. I'd have them in the top 10 of my power rankings. And they should be able to score out well against the Cowboys. So there's no reason why this game shouldn't look like a lot like the first Cowboys game, where it's just a straight up shootout, and that's what we saw from the first five weeks of last season when Dak was healthy with the Cowboys. They were giving up a yeah. ton of points, but they were also scoring at an incredible clip as well. So I'm staying away from a betting standpoint because it just feels like whoever has the ball last, whoever gets that fluky turnover is going to win this game. Um But one of my most, uh, you know anticipated matchups for the weekend because I can't wait to watch. I lean Chargers. I'll pick the Chargers when it, when we have to go around that table. But um, money-wise, I'm staying away from it and just enjoying it as a fan.
0: I do like where the Chargers are at right now. So I like the Chargers um, minus three. Nick, who you got?
1: Yeah, I'm with the Chargers as well. I think last week was uh, a, a turning of the guard for the Chargers franchise because that's a game that they always lost in the past, Will. In the last two seasons alone, the Chargers lost 16, one full season's worth of one-score games. So those games never went their way. And I think the history of the Chargers, and yeah, they've had some really good quarterbacks. I think this dude is different. I am a big Herbert fan. 14 of 17 on third down, 13 of them being for first downs against that defense. I'm leaning with the Chargers, but one thing I definitely want to bet on: I'm seeing fireworks. I'm going over, even up to 60 points. I'm taking the over. You
0: going the over? Loving the over in this game. God, it is that. So I feel like SoFi is that stadium where you have to light it up. <laughs> so you're not wrong. You, I, I feel you on that. So, Joe, we got your pick. We already know who you like. Yeah, but I, I, I am, I am very, very interested in this game because this, this is going to be huge. This is this game for Dallas is going to be what the Washington game was for the Chargers. Like this is like, OK, we're going here playing against this team way over here. Let's figure, see who we are. So I think that's awesome. All right. We're going to get into our final game. This one is also going to be another outstanding game. Game four for us. Chiefs, they are favored uh, minus three and a half at Baltimore. Nick, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Hurry up because I'm excited to talk about this game. (laughs) So we got
1: 84% of the tickets coming in on the Chiefs and 87% of the money coming in on the Chiefs. And this is a prime, prime standalone factor. Seeing the the Raiders beat the Ravens on Monday night. Everybody is on the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, um, this is an interesting week. So I went against Kansas City last week. I picked the Browns. I went against all the odds. Yes, undefeated. Mahomes is undefeated in September. And the Browns were defeated in September. <laughs> and, I, and I just felt, I felt this was the time for the Browns. But this time I am no fool, guys. I am no fool. I do like Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes turns 26 on Friday. This is his birthday month. So it is an exciting month for the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, what do, you, what do you talk about when it comes to Kansas City? I mean, they, they, have, they have everything. They have everything going for them. Um, the biggest thing, though, for them is they did not have Honey Badger last week, Tyron Matthew. Uh, they should have him this week, which was a big deal. And they were still able to overcome. The, the biggest thing with Kansas City that, I, that people um, don't, don't really realize is that all, all their experience has been big game experience. And I mentioned that because, okay, yes, Cleveland was stomping them all game long. I mean, the first the first, um, first, series or the first time Kansas City touched the football, I think there was like six minutes left in the quarter. And then eventually Cleveland kept taking over. But Towards the end of the game, Kansas City, they knew how to close the deal. They got the turnovers right in time. They got the touchdowns right in time. And it was interesting to see Patrick Mahomes after the game because he was like, man, this, it was good to have our fans here. It felt like the AFC Championship game. You know why he said it felt like the AFC Championship game? Because <laughs> I feel like he's always been at, at the AFC Championship game every single year. So they're used to that big game experience. And when it comes down to it, this is obviously another big game. And they know how to turn it on uh, when it matters. I don't know. What's your feelings about this game, Joe?
2: It, to me, it's another easy pick. I'm going with Kansas City. I didn't like what I saw from Baltimore at all. I mean, careless turnovers. Right. Lamar Jackson still missing open guys deep. Mark Andrews wasn't involved at all. Uh, what but was you see it? what I mean? Three That's what I mean by it. Yards. was confusing for them. Yeah, I mean, like, That's what I Lamar mean, yeah. has his couple runs a game that that are explosive that, that, that just absolutely are backbreakers on third down when you can't get off the field as a defense. But, I mean... I don't think their defense is is scary, especially the defensive front. I think Patrick Queen's a nice player. We know Marlon Humphrey is a fantastic corner, but to me, they're not going to be able to keep up with the chiefs. In my opinion, chiefs did not play a very good game. Their offensive line didn't play well, um, but they find a way to get it done. And so even if this is somehow a close game down the stretch, I mean, you tip the scales entirely in Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs favor to make a play late. And so, you know, you know, if you're betting the Ravens' side, you're hoping that, you know, you get maybe a garbage time score to make it three and you, and you win by the hook. But to me, this is a game that that the chiefs will dominate. Um, And again, maybe I'm overreacting to what I saw from Baltimore and not giving enough credit to Max Crosby and that defensive front uh, for, for Las Vegas who played tremendous on Monday night. But Um, I do think this is a very limited team when you take away, you know, the unguardable part of Lamar Jackson's game. The rest of it to me is all very much containable.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be smart here and I'm going to use my brain when I played. Okay, it's I remember sitting with Charles Woodson. He was like, look, if this play shows up more than once, you, you play the percentages. If I see it, I'm jumping it. So in this case, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to uh, paralysis by analysis and overthink this situation. The Patrick Mahomes is undefeated in September. He's three and zero against Baltimore and his birthday's on Friday. I like Kansas City in this situation. Obviously you do. Nick, if you say Baltimore, just take off your headset and go outside.
1: Yeah, I kind of like the Ravens, man. I think what Joe said, <laughs> I think you get the points there. You get a home dog on a Monday night. I'm eating that up. And I think the interesting thing here is I the Ravens with Patrick Queen, I think that dude is a future superstar for it just seems like that position, the linebacker position for the Ravens, they just always have a stud. And I think that guy's going to be able to do right. his part against Kelsey. You got to stop one of the That's two. like required in Baltimore. You have to have a stud linebacker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In that and game. I just think that the Chiefs are one in five against the spread in their last six games. So for as great as they are and they do win, they don't always cover. So I'm banking on that.
0: right, here are the lines for the rest of the games for this week. Nick, want to run through these for us? Saints minus three and a half against the Panthers.
1: Broncos minus six at Jacksonville. Raiders at Steelers minus five and a half. Will, this is a spot that I'm really targeting. Raiders off a big win in overtime against the Ravens. Flying east, early start against Pittsburgh, leaning towards Pittsburgh. Pats minus five and a half against the Jets. Bengals at the Bears minus three is Chicago. Bills, three-point favorite on the road in South Beach. The Texans at the Cleveland Browns, 12.5 point favorites are Cleveland. Falcons at the Bucks. Bucks are giving 12.5 points. We got the Vikings at the Cardinals, minus 4.5. Titans at Seahawks, Seahawks minus 5.5. And And Will, the 12th man, is going to be rocking. They weren't there all the last year. Don't like the Juju coming out of Tennessee. My guy Julio getting called out already by the head coach. (laughs) <laughs> and yes, then we got did. the Lions on Monday
0: night <laughs> as an 11 point underdog in Green Bay. Now, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at WinBet. So, before we go any further, I just want to remind you on the WinBet mobile app, you get access to unique markets like NFL yardage leaders and exact season wins. That's W Y N N B E T to set the odds in your favor. Download now and start winning with WinBet. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, it's time to make our picks for underdog of the week. This is the dog we think has the best shot to upset their opponent. I am rolling with the fire. I'm going with the bangles. I'm going with them versus Chicago. I think that's going to be super interesting. The Bears are going to try to come out hot, but I I just like the energy. I like the energy coming from Cincinnati. I love when Joe Burrow came and defended his wide receiver. I just I don't know. I just like it. I was watching the receivers. They all look good. Joe Mixon lit it up. He lit it up for me and my fantasy team. Yeah, so I'm I'm really I'm really big on Cincinnati right now. I'm gonna take them, you know, plus three. I I think I like them as my underdog. Who's your underdog, Nick? The Philadelphia Eagles. We touched on it in the earlier analysis. We did touch on it earlier. That's right. You did like the Eagles, yep. Joe. Do you, have, do you have an underdog, Joe?
2: Yeah, I like the Bengals a lot, and it's a great pick. Yes. Um, I'm with you there. And so I, I was going to take the Bengals. I'll take the Titans instead. This has backdoor cover at the very at the very end oh, written boy. all over it. All right. Finally, we're
0: going to make our favorite pick of the week. This is a team out of any team playing that we think is the biggest lock to cover. Mine, I mentioned it earlier. I like the Colts to cover in this game versus the Rams. Um, one way or another, I think they're going to figure it out. Again, it's a home game for them. So I'm excited for them. Um, I like the Rams to win, but I like the Colts to cover. Nick,
1: what's yours? Double dipping with the Eagles. My favorite
0: upset, (laughs) my favorite pick of the week. You got some cheese whiz on that
1: pick. Man, this is so against my brand being a Giants fan. There's nothing I hate more than the (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles. But listen,
2: we like numbers, not teams, Will. Uh, I'm taking the Pats. I think they're going to smoke the Jets. They should have won in week one. Uh, Lost uh, in an embarrassing fashion to the Dolphins with that Damian Harris fumble. That cost me... A lot of money uh, because I had the Patriots, a number of different parlays that that was all I needed to hit. So Damian Harris is on my uh, is in my doghouse. I think the Patriots get out of it this week. I think they beat the Jets comfortably. Very nice. All right. So before we wrap up the show, uh, we're going to have Nick quickly recap our picks
0: against the spread. Uh, I'm gonna watch it. I'll go through mine first. Uh, Mine. I got the Eagles. You know, plus three and a half. Also the Colts to cover plus four. Uh, The Chargers minus three, and the Ravens plus three and a half. My picks are gonna be the Eagles plus three and a half, Rams
1: minus four, Chargers minus three, and the Ravens plus three and a half. All right, and Joe, you
2: can recap your picks. Yeah, I've got the Niners, the Rams, the Chargers, and the Chiefs all
0: right joe man appreciate it thanks for having you here man um that's it for today's show next episode we're going to be recapping how week two went down and seeing how our picks turned out joe please let us know where we can find you online
2: yeah on twitter at joe underscore fan and check out the bet to win podcast wherever you find your podcast listen to upsets and underdogs and then uh, and then check out bet to win right after me and claudia <laughs> Belafato. That's what's up. Yeah, so
0: do not forget to subscribe. Throw us a rating and review and tell your friends. Uh, follow me at Will Blackman on Twitter. So Twitter, be careful. I'm dangerous on Twitter. I talk a lot of smack on Twitter, but it's all fun. Do not take it personal. I want to tell people, do not take it personal. It is a fun banter. It is not that serious. Follow me on Instagram if you don't want to talk to me. You just want to look at my pictures at Will Blackman as well. Nick, where can we find you on social media? At Nick Deus. 10 D A I S
1: 10 on Twitter and Instagram,
0: and that's day is not Diaz.
2: Day is how do you spell D A I S?
0: And Joe, where can we find you on social media?
2: Yep, Joe underscore fans. Don't forget the two ends.
0: And Joe does talk smack. Catch you next time. <laughs>